0: Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Boy, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my <laughs> friend. I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio podcast starts, starts now. Let's take authority over our strange feelings, and let's learn how to discern what's biology and then what's spiritual. We're talking with Ryan Casey Waller today at SOS Radio. He's a therapist and a writer and a pastor and an attorney. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? This has been such a strange season where we're all feeling emotions that we haven't felt before. You think like anxiety or depression, or you think like, I never really struggled with that before, but you start to see the emotional side of that. Or then you wonder, is there a biology side of all of this,
1: Ryan? It's crazy. It is. It's crazy out there. And I think that for a lot of people who have never even experienced any kind of mental health struggle before, they're finding that in this wild year of 2020, be it the pandemic or the financial stress or whatever it might be, they're experiencing feelings that they haven't experienced before and wondering, what is going on here? Is this circumstantial? Am I biologically, clinically depressed, right? What is happening with me right now? And so I'm finding that in this, a lot of people are wanting and needing to talk about mental health in ways that they never have been before in their life.
0: So Ryan, you just wrote a book called Depression, Anxiety, and Other Things That We Don't Want to Talk About. Why do you think it's such a stigma in the church to talk about dealing with depression or mental health?
1: You know, the reality is that there's a lot that the church has done really, really well, you know, over thousands of years. But unfortunately, talking about intending to mental health has not really been one of them. It's sad, but for so long in the church, this entire topic has been taboo because it's often been presented as either a failing of faith, like, so somehow my faith in God hasn't been big enough, and thus I experienced this depression, or I experienced this anxiety, and at times, you know, pastors and other leaders in the church have sort of affirmed that kind of position. There have been other times where people have thought, well, this must be the result of some kind of unconfessed sin that I have in my life. I think of like the story of Job when he's pouring out his heart and his troubles to his friends, and one of their reactions is to say, well, what is it that you've done, right? You must have offended God in some kind of way, (laughs) and if only you would confess that sin and you would repent of that sin, right, these struggles might disappear from you. So often that's been the message in the church, and so those two things, either be it a lack of faith or a sin issue— has made it difficult for people to want to even talk about these issues, to bring it to the church and say, I have this going on because they're very fearful that they're going to be judged for their faith or they're going to be looked at suspiciously for some kind of a sin issue. But the reality is, if the church is truly going to be a place that is a hospital right, for the broken, as Jesus really viewed his ministry, right? come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest, then it has to be the kind of place where people can bring their struggles, not only physically and spiritually, but also emotionally and psychologically and say, this is a safe place. I can say this, I can give voice to this and understand that it doesn't necessarily mean there's something damaged about my faith. I just may be going through a really difficult time Or I might have chemistry that predisposes me to these issues, or I might be abusing substances like alcohol or other drugs, and I need professional help with them. So we haven't been good on it because we've not been good about understanding the issue. And so in doing that, we've made Christians more likely to suppress these issues than to talk about them.
0: we just call out some of our weird beliefs that have crept into our faith. I'm Scott on SWS Radio. We're talking with Ryan Casey Waller today at SWS Radio, and he's a psychotherapist. He's an attorney. He's also a pastor. It's interesting, Ryan. In a lot of our faith traditions, some people will say, okay, it's a spiritual problem if you deal with anxiety or depression, and that's not really accurate. Other people will say, you could be completely healed from this if you just have enough faith, and that's not exactly an apples-to-apples sort of comparison. And then there's a biology part of things that's different than what we deal with in our soul. Ryan, could you speak to a little bit of that? Because, you know, you've studied theology and you've studied the science of all of this. And sometimes in our church tradition, we come to these conclusions because we just heard someone say something enough times that we just started to believe it, even though it's not really biblical.
1: The reality is when we think about mental health, especially from a Christian perspective, right, we view the person in their totality, which is to say like human beings are more than meets the eye, right? We have our bodies, we understand that, but we also have a soul, which is to say that there is more to the person than they can be seen. There's an element of us, right, that interacts with the divine. It is possible for us to commune with God. We have this ability. And so to take care of a person truly is to see them in their totality. And so oftentimes, as Christians, we will over-spiritualize these issues. So someone is depressed or someone's struggling with anxiety or something to that effect. And we do say, all right, let's pray it away, right? Let's look to what the Bible has to say about this. Let's surround this person in community. And the reality is there's a lot of good that can come from that. And of course, we don't want to dismiss that and we don't want to sort of underplay the effectiveness and the role of spirituality. But what we need to do is take more seriously that these issues are oftentimes biological, as you say. So think of it this way. Hardly ever, right, are you going to have a situation in which a person comes down with cancer or something to that effect, and you're going to have a spiritual leader come to that person and tell them what they really need is not what the doctor is telling them that they need in terms of chemotherapy, surgery, or radiation, right? They're going to say, let's do what the doctors have to say, let's completely lean, lean into the science, but let's also cover you in prayer. The difficulty with mental health is we often do disregard what the professionals are saying and we minimize the biological role that is playing in this depression. We say, oh, well, we're not even sure you should necessarily even listen to your therapist. What, what you really need to do is just cover this in prayer. No, let's cover it in prayer But let's also allow people to have access to the resources that they need because the reality is they may be doing everything they can in their spiritual life, but the truth of the matter is their brain chemistry might be such that they have bipolar disorder and they need to be on a particular medication. And if we are denying that person access to that medication, that is just as significant as if we were denying a diabetic insulin for some people, the biological aspect of this runs so deep that to deny them the medical care that they need is no different than any other medical situation in which we would obviously say, right, that's gross malpractice. We've got to begin to view mental health as an actual part of health. In fact, I would argue mental health undergirds the entirety of our health. So we always have to be asking the question, to what degree is this biological? To what degree is this psychological? To what degree is this spiritual? My approach and my background, having been a pastor and also a psychotherapist, is I want to see people in a holistic manner, which I think is a very Christian approach to say, you are kind of a mysterious commingling of body, mind, and soul. And if you're going to be the healthiest version of yourself, then we have to take seriously your body, mind, and soul which is going to involve different modalities of
0: treatment. We all talk about being true to ourself, but do we even really know how ourself works? So we're talking with Ryan Casey Waller today at SWS radio, and he's a psychotherapist. He's been a pastor and an attorney as well. Ryan, how does our soul work? I know it's a big question, but we have our biology, then we have our spirituality. How do we even start to understand how our soul works? If we're going to understand who we really are.
1: Well, first of all, we do have to understand who we are if we're going to understand who God is. That's something that Christianity in the last hundred years hasn't addressed nearly enough. Early on, you know, the early fathers of the faith understood that to know God, we had to know ourselves, right? To take that time, we've kind of turned it into this highly rational deal where it's like, well, if I can just understand the right precepts about God, then that's all I'll need to know to have a satisfactory life in God and deny the reality that, no, you need to understand who it is that God made you to be. And in that process, you're going to learn more about God and then vice versa. But the soul, right, we, we all talk differently about you know what the soul is, but the language that I find the most helpful, especially with respect to mental health, is your soul is that place where your true identity resides. Right? This is the part of you that you know is more than you are. So this is the Imago day. This is this potential that's within you that we're told from the very beginning in Genesis that God imprinted upon every human being who's ever lived this ability right, to not only know God, but to become like God. And so the soul is that inner life that we have that's woven into our bodies and into our minds. I often tell people when we think about mental health as it relates to the soul, they say, well, think about it. Think about that voice inside your head that you've heard speaking to you your entire life. You know that voice, right? That's your soul. That's not just the brain. This is the work of the brain. You've got this existence that you know is going to carry on When your body finally succumbs to death, there is more to you. You know that that soul cannot be satisfied in the same way that the body is satisfied by food and by water and by material comfort. The soul is only satisfied by rest in God. And the only way to get there is to be able to have peace in our lives, which is how and why we must tend to our mental health. We've got to feel and know deep within ourselves that we are loved by God, which allows us to love ourselves, which then allows us to care for ourselves in a manner in which then we can care for others.
0: You're good to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star
1: rating in your app store.
0: The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.